Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. Claus, Santa Claus is coming to town for the Jews, for the Jews, for the Jews. Well, anyway, Christmas Eve edition, what do you want for your team for Christmas? Kwanzaa, we are non-denominational here, although you are being hosted by two Jews. So we'll say Hanukkah as well. Happy Hanukkah, (laughs) Seth. Happy Hanukkah to you as well, Mr. Palmer. Uh, good to see you. Good to, good to hear your voice. Good to hear that you're doing okay. Uh, tough run last night for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this is the time of giving. This is the time of celebrating what you have. And uh, my oh, brother and I were you. in a car accident. My brother and I were in a car accident last night. But you know what? It's as my grandfather always said, it is metal. And as long as you come out walking and there are nobody hurt, an accident is just that, an accident. And that's where we are today. So we're here hosting the show, Seth and myself. My brother is out getting a rental car, which is exactly what he should be doing. And then we will go see, yes, my, my brother married a goyim, a shiksa, <laughs> if you will. So we are all going to Christmas Eve mass tonight. I think it's called mass. I don't even know what it's called. They're Unitarian. Oh, but anyway, we're going to we're going to church. I'm going to church. Okay. I'm going to church. When was yeah, the last well, time you were in church? A year ago today. <laughs> Look, when I was a kid, when uh, when my brother and his wife, uh, her name is Amanda, started dating, there is this one time my brother is required to go to church. I believe it's three times a year, Easter Sunday. Christmas Eve, and there's one other time, and I have no idea what it is. But one Sunday, one Christmas Eve, the NFL decided to play games on Christmas Eve, which was to the fascination of every Jew football fan out there, because there's generally nothing on TV on Christmas Eve. Here we are with the NFL. So it's about 5 o'clock, and I'm sitting down in my brother's in-law's place, uh, Gene and Donna Bowler. And I sit down, and I'm watching the Jets. And I was like, in heaven, the Jets are playing the Raiders on Christmas Eve. This is fantastic for me. And my, I'm sitting there, and Gene, who is my brother's father-in-law, looks at me and goes, you know, we're all going to church now. And I go, Gene, I'm in my temple. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm good, just where I am. And my brother looks at me with disdain and shouts out a couple of expletives shuts the door, and walks into the car and gets, goes to church. Now, that would be all well and good if I didn't have nieces and nephews. But starting last year, my niece, who I can generally not say no to, 
looked at me and said, Uncle Sean, we're in the choir. Would you come and listen to us sing? Oh. And what do you – Seth, what do you say? Like, you can't say no. You can't say this is not my religion. I have no desire to go. I really have no desire to go in spite of you singing. You suck up and deal, right? I mean, you go. I so, guess. I have one day of church a year. It is on Christmas Eve. And so here we are where I will be uh, leaving here at around uh, – I'm the only one in the office for the second day in a row and um, in New York. And I will be heading to Christmas Eve uh, at around 5 o'clock tonight, which I guess that's when Santa comes to town. What what are your Chinese what are your Chinese plans for tonight? My Chinese we are closing the office at two thirty, um, and I am going home, and we're having friends over at four o'clock for Chinese food at five. That's what I said. What are your Chinese plans? This is like your heaven, right? Because because normally you're the one that says I can't have dumplings because I have dumplings all the time, and I love dumplings. Given that it's Christmas Eve, there's nothing open but the dumpling place. So this well, is like your heaven on earth. I still can't have dumplings because I can't bring pork into the house. Damn me for marrying a uh, But I can have other things. So we hit a compromise. Aren't there, aren't, aren't there chicken dumplings? Yeah, but they're not as good. So I, okay, I used sorry. to lie beef dumplings, but Carly never really bought that. So um, <laughs> we did find a place, though, with pretty decent sushi and pretty good Chinese. So we've hit our compromise, so I'm starting to get get my Chinese groove back, so I'm happy. Well done. Well done, sir. Um, and hopefully the kids are over overstrap and enjoying the Hanukkah gelt and all that Hanukkah brings to you. Yeah. Um, two, two gifts in, six more to go. So a total of 16 gifts. I'm glad I gave myself a Christmas bonus this year. <laughs> so, okay. So while we are looking for our Hanukkah gifts, there, there are very many teams out there. And we said, were you naughty? Were you nice? Were you Antonio Brown? Or were you the Kansas City Royals? So who who deserves gifts this year? Who what have you asked Santa to deliver for your teams? We're going to go through a couple of teams here, a couple of teams there. We're going to we're going to run through the NFL 100. This is a the hundredth year of the NFL, and they are releasing their all-time team. So um, and surprisingly, they're doing it in a rather interesting format, where it's not just the top hundred players. They're actually segregating by position. And they allotted a certain amount of players per position, but there are definitely some misses, at least to me, on this list. And Seth, I'm not sure if you've gone through the list. I just looked at it for the first at, time. Um, okay. I, the biggest omission to me, well, there are two of them. Number one is there is no running back in the last 25 years on that list. So there's no Ladanian Tomlinson, there's no Marshall Falk, and. And to understand where this is coming from, the NFL did recruit several people to, to create this list, including Bill Belichick, including Peter King. But it, to me, this skews far more towards the earlier part of the 100 years 
than the latter part? Well, I think the whole point is, and we've talked about this before, that generational people forget generationally. People know Michael Jordan as a shoe promoter, not as a basketball player. People know don't know anything realistically that happened. You know, even our generation, we're probably in the 2% who know people who know of most of these people. And I think there was one or two that I, did, I didn't know um, from before the 50s and 60s. And some of them I understand. Some of them I'm genuinely surprised with. Um, I'm actually surprised. I'm surprised by a couple of things. I'm surprised that they only took two quarterbacks. I did, I was surprised that of the running backs, I think five of them were, or six of them were, real, or five of them were going back at least 40 years. Well, let's, uh, let's take a look at those running backs. Let's take a look. All right, so well, you got Jim quarterbacks, Brown. Are you okay with Brady Montana as your first two? Well, you know my feelings on Brady and how I cop that he is the greatest of all time at this point, so I guess I have to say yes to Brady as much as I do not like Brady. Uh, Joe Montana? Yeah, I get. I mean, look, you're, you're putting two people on an eternal list. I don't think Montana was better or worse than – Let's say Peyton Manning. I, I, you could have put Peyton Manning on that list, and I wouldn't have had an argument with it. I, I wouldn't have had a, any argument with it. You could have put Roger Staubach on that list. You could have actually put, to me, Fran Tarkenton on that list, even without winning a Super Bowl. There are – but Montana, if you're using Super Bowls as the guide, which it looks like that they are, yeah, Montana and, Montana and Brady are there. That, that, that's fine. If you, if you remember again, your limit, the NFL has limited the amount per position. So if there's only two and you're putting Brady and Montana there, I don't have much issue with it. Where are you going with that? I mean, I, I, think, there I, I, don't, should, I think there should have been three quarterbacks, and I think the third should have been an older one. Um, I probably would have got – I mean, there was 20 candidates. Ten of them have no, bear, have no business being on there. My third probably would have been an autogram or someone of that ilk. But I agree, if you wanted Peyton there instead of, instead of Montana, I wouldn't have had a huge argument. Um, but if you're going to go back so far with the running backs and the wideouts, I can't believe you, could, you wouldn't take a third quarterback and, put one and, have, and have one in that realm. You know, when I look at who is the 20 finalists, Aikman doesn't belong there. You know, to me – Again, maybe in the top twenty quarterbacks of all time, potentially, but I would have. I don't think you needed twenty quarterbacks to come up with two. Um, to well, me, you'd have gotten... if you look at, I think the one thing, and and you'll see by the by the running backs and the fact that there isn't one. The latest running back is Barry Sanders, who retired. Oh, no, sorry, is Emmett Smith, who retired in two thousand and four is the fact that the game has changed, right? So I believe that the way that they have done this more than anything else is they have gone the earlier quarterbacks while great for their time, and that's all you can compare them to. We're not 
they were just glorified. A lot of them were just glorified handoff or running backs. They didn't throw the ball very much. So is yes, you're comparing them in a vacuum to to the contemporaries. But now you're doing the game has changed where the quarterback does a lot more today than he ever did back then, and the running yeah. back does less than he ever did back then. So I, I that's the only thing I can think about as to having nobody from the fifties, sixties, and seventies in the quarterbacks, and nobody in the what the offs, the tens, or now to the twenties in the running backs. I think it's just a, a, a product of how the game how the game has shifted. Okay, so let's go to the running backs. I think there's a couple no-brainers in here. Brown is a no-brainer. Okay, Jim, and, Jim Brown's sorry. a no-brainer, right? Okay, yep. Eric. Uh, so let's go through them. Earl Campbell. I was surprised by Earl Campbell. I would not I have surprised. had Earl Campbell as an as a uh, as, on my all-time team. Earl Dutch Clark. Can't say I ever saw him. He retired in 1938. So let's I, assume that somebody. Somebody that was smarter than me, as in like Bill Belichick, liked Earl Dutch Clark, and I'm good with that. <laughs> Fair. Eric Dickerson, okay. no argument. Eric argue. Dickerson, none. Lenny Moore, to me, no argument. None. Uh, the, the thing about Lenny Moore was he was the first real receive, kind of receiver slash running back. He was the precursor for the Thurman Thomas's Marshall Fox, so on and so forth. I don't know if I would have had him in, but I can understand the argument. To um, me, it's to me, it's we have we have dumbed down the concept of a Pro Bowl, right? But yeah. back in the fifties and sixties, there was no dumbing down. So he played eleven years, was a seven-time Pro Bowler and a five-time All-Pro. I, I got I got nothing. Like to me, that is the epitome of the best of his time. And granted, again, we're comparing eras, but. He won an M. He won a Player of the Year. I don't have an issue with this. If Jim Brown is not the best of that era, Lenny Moore is. Now we're predating Lenny Moore with Marion Motley. And if and you're Marion, not going to put Otto Graham on, if you're not going to put Otto Graham on there, you're looking at Marion Motley, right? He was a two-way player, played linebacker, and he was the runner, and and he caught balls too. Yeah, he was kind of more of. A, it's funny, generationally, he was almost more of a fullback in a lot of ways. Big, strong Agreed. guy. Um, but again, played for seven years. You know, not a huge time frame. Um, he would have been in the argument. I don't know if I would have put him in. Walter Payton, no real argument. Barry Sanders, no real argument. Gail Sayers, <sighs> I would have had Gail Sayers as the greatest kick returner of all time punt returner of all time. I don't know if I would have had him as a running back. Does Gale Sayers live more on legend than he does in actuality? I think so. You know, he had two or three amazing years, and that was about the crux because he got hurt, and he was never quite the same player after his second year. Um, So, I don't know if I would have had Gail Sayers in there. I get O.J. Simpson, all joking aside, O.J. Simpson probably belonged there. He wouldn't have been on the higher five. He would have been in between six and ten, but he's probably in there. Emmett, 
I don't think Emmett belongs. I don't think I don't think Emmett belongs. And 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 the problem, the issue that I have with Emmett Smith, and and look, Emmett Smith won three Super Bowls. He was Super Bowl MVP. Won the rushing title in ninety one, ninety two, ninety three, and ninety five. That's say he, but nobody who saw were him. You, hold on, were you ever? Now he was named a first team All Pro in ninety two to ninety five. 11 straight thousand yard rushing seasons. I get all that. Were you ever more afraid of Emmett Smith than you were either Ladinian Tomlinson or Marshall Falk? No. And to me, no. No, nor were you more afraid of him than Barry Sanders or Thurman Thomas. You have to remember. Tommy John. He's the Tommy John or Don Sutton of running backs. Very good but had so much around him. Remember, he had a Hall of Fame quarterback, a Hall of Fame wide receiver, an all-pro tight end in Novacek, an all-pro fullback in Johnston. I don't know how many Hall of Famers on that offensive line with Larry Allen and Eric Williams and Nate Newton and Mark Tuna. I think there's, I think four of them were all pro, Stepnowski. All of them were all pros. I think Williams and Allen went to the Hall of Fame. So, I... The stats, the stats make him there, but it's a real borderline call for me. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not I, I, look, Emmett Smith was a great fantasy player. <laughs> so, uh, he really was because he, he, like I said, eleven straight thousand yard rushing seasons. But yeah, I, I, he's to me, he's much more of a compiler than he ever was. Ever was a a back like that and. The one thing you do notice here, Seth, through all these running backs, is that other than Emmett, I don't believe anybody played 10 years. Oh, you got Walter. Walter played 11. So you have nine, you have nine, you have eight, you have seven. So to your point about uh, Lenny Moore only playing that long or Gale Sayers, and I I agree with you that Gale Sayers doesn't belong there. But the running back position has always been one of those positions where players just don't play as long. They get beaten right. down. And they, and, and they have a remarkable cliff, right? They, they walk off that cliff where once they're done, and you and I have talked about this with regards to James Conner this year, once they start getting hurt, they, they may never be seen again. And... So, so I, I get the fact that these guys have all played only seven or eight years. We get to Emmett Smith with, with 14. But I think Emmett Smith is, as we said before, a anomaly in the fact that he played behind the best line I have ever seen. And then you get to Steve Van Buren, and I know Belichick loves Steve Van Buren. And – uh, he's talked about him numerous times. Van Buren is the was the face of the Eagles for for a long time. All NFL six straight seasons won the rushing title, the NFL rushing title four seasons, and it was in the 40s. So again, I defer to somebody a whole lot more, a whole lot smarter than I am when it comes to Steve Van Buren. Okay, so pretty much we're looking at two or three that we're replacing. Um, we'll say two yeah. for our purpose. Sayers and sure. Smith for you. Sayers and probably, yeah, I'd say probably Sayers and Smith. Yeah. I agree that probably go in a different direction. 
towards I probably would go one with either a Red Grange or a Bronco Nagurski, and then and one potentially a actually I'd probably go three have one of the really older guys and then have one of kind of the, the, the flip back to Tomlinson or Marshall Falk, whichever one you I'd probably go Tomlinson. Um and then maybe then either either Falk or Adrian Peterson as my tenth. See and I, I don't I, I love Peterson but I just don't Peterson to me was net it was and is never a complete back. Really? He's a runner. Yeah. He's not a complete back. He's a runner. Herman, if you look at all these guys, fair enough. If you look Would at you these guys, Thomas they're all catching the ball. Okay, so then you put Thurman Thomas there. Because Thurman the Thomas only one the, that is the only Thomas. one that is close to Peterson, and it's perfect. It's a perfect comparison. Is Eric Dickerson? Yes. Eric Dickerson and Adrian Peterson are just like they're mirror images of each other. Okay. So, no issue okay. at all. Uh, let, let's move on. Let's move on to the wideouts real quick. Um, the wideouts were released. We're going to throw through these really quick. You tell me yes or no. Jerry Rice, undisputed, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. Raymond Berry, I think yes. that's a yes. Don Hudson, yes. Paul Paul Warfield, no. Lance Allworth. Yes. Randy Moss. Yes. Larry Fitzgerald. Yes. Steve Largent. No. Marvin Harrison. Yeah. Elroy Hirsch. I, I yeah. have no opinion on Hirsch, other than yeah, I, I, I don't want to, him and Tom Fuhrer were the two best receivers of their era. I'll go with I'll, I'll I'm good with that. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to call in seven six zero two eight three zero eight four six, we're going to move a little bit faster through these. Um, Seth, tell tell me who you replace if you're taking out. So for you, you're replacing Largent and you're replacing Warfield. Tell me why and who you're putting in place of those two. Largent was a very good to me, but not great wide receiver. He was not a Michael Irvin. He was not a Terrell Owens. He was not a he was a Chris Carter. I would probably replace who would I take out of Irvin Carter and Irvin Carter and Owens. I would probably go Irvin. Ask um, were not as good. Carter or Owens. I think I'd rather have Irvin than any than either of the others. Because I think Irvin was the toughest son of a bitch you'll ever see at wideout. Um, Warfield, very good, not great wide receiver on a team that, now again, I know him more as a Dolphin than I do as a Cleveland Brown. On a team that was really a running team, he, he had Howard Twilley, he had, he had help. Cleveland had Jim Brown. Never the number one guy that people had to have had to go on. I would go newer with wideout. Um, Charlie Joyner to me is too much like uh, Steve Largent. I would probably go Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson was the best of his era for five years, and 
I go wherever it is. And this way, and there is, they they really leaned back. You talk about kind of how it's a wide receiver era, like how the running backs did not running backs were, as we came more recent um, were not as inclusive in the in the last twenty years. Yeah. Well, it's more of a wide receiver game in the last twenty five years, and they certainly haven't accentuated the wide receivers recently with this ten person with this with this grouping. That, that's so, certainly true, and and. That's that's why I the omission of Terrell Owens I think is the biggest omission on the hundred. I really do. I think look for all the crap that Terrell Owens did on the field, Terrell Owens was the best wide receiver all the time. All and that's the time. why I, he was you put him there. As I said, I would have him over Carter. I would rather have. I just think Irving was Irving was a better winner. Was a was a winner. Irving was a such so here's a tough, the thing. So here's the thing. Do we so we just took and I'm I'm not saying right or wrong. We just held against Emmett Smith for the team that he was on and for the line that he was on. And we're saying Michael Irvin's okay, but we're holding it against Warfield. Right? I mean, it, look, this this is semantics. I get it. In the fact that this is an impossible task. And we're nitpicking over probably the greatest 100 versus the greatest 150. But there has to be some consistency, right? So are we going to hold a team's success or the fact that they had a ton of people that were great against the player? Or are we going to say we're we're basing this on the player themselves? I think it supersedes it because if – with Irvin, with running backs, it's different because you specifically need an offensive line to survive with a running back, unless you are Barry okay. Sanders. With the wide receiver, it's not quite as consequential. Obviously, you need an offensive line to protect your quarterback, but it is not. It is more of a one-on-one game. So Fair. I don't think I don't think the argument holds. Okay. Now, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts, thoughts Whiteout? Well, I, look, I. I love Fitzgerald. I do. I just got a pro- like. Has Fitzgerald ever been the number one in the league? Ever? Probably not. Because I don't think he was. Probably not because of Calvin Johnson. Well, then Calvin Johnson deserves to be on it over him, no? Well, I have Calvin Johnson making it, so. Right, but I'm saying, so you're putting, so if, if I'm listing some, is, is Bolitnikoff on here? No. Is there, are there any other AFL guys that deserve Lance, to be oh. on, this, on this team? Well, I know. We got Allworth, right? Yep. Are there yep. any yep. other of the oh, – You have Allworth. He's the, the best AFL receiver of all time. Okay, so the one thing that we're missing here is nobody from the 1970s. Oh, well, we have Warfield, I guess. But you're telling me that Warfield wasn't the best one. So who was the best wide receiver was in the 70s? Because it seems... The 70s were a running back era. Earl Campbell, okay, Franco Howard, O.J. Simpson. There is no wide receiver, I don't believe, that actually warrants it from the 70s. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. So, so if you look at the, the teams of the 80s, 
I, you're right. I, th- I think eventually Michael Thomas will make the 150 at some point. Uh, we'll see. Because he's, def- he's definitely on that road. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't have but, any but wait a minute. Let's face the- off. Let's, I have a question going back to you then. Jerry Rice was the yeah. best wide receiver for, for 10 years. Yep. Nobody superseded him from 86 to 96, 85 to 95, whatever you want to call it. Absolutely. Would you have – would you – is there a wide receiver – I mean, I guess there's really no other wide receiver on the – I mean, Marvin Harrison, would you take Marvin Harrison off? I guess he was slightly after Harrison's – after his prime, after Rice's prime. Yeah. Look, do you, can you make it being the number two? Yes, you can. I, I, I'm not saying you can't. It, it, the same way Terrell Owens was probably never – was he ever the number one? Probably right after Rice. I mean, right after Rice. Like for two or three years, and then you had Calvin Johnson come on the on the list. So I did, and and then Randy Moss took it from him. Was Chris Carter ever? No, you, you're making the point correctly, and it's the point I made earlier is that there. There are different time periods where there are different positions that get more respect than others. And you just said it correctly in the 70s. There are no real wideouts. I mean, it's Lynn Swan, right? The best one would be Swan and Stallworth from the Steelers. And where else are you going with that? Okay, we got to so, keep moving. Yep. Okay, so what's the next position we got? Tight end. They have five tight ends. No. You can't do five tight ends. They have I'm a big Gonzalez. fan of the tight end as a position. I always have been. I'm just saying. I've always, I've, I've, I believe the tight end is an underrated position. So you want five of them? You're putting two. Are you playing two? You have five tight ends. You have ten wide receivers. You have ten running backs. You have, you two, have quarterbacks. two quarterbacks. I could say. I could sacrifice a, a tight end for a quarterback, but As could I. you're generally going to you're generally going to be playing one or two tight ends per game. So you need two back. Like this is all the amount of people you would probably have on a starting roster, right? So would you have four four tight ends on your roster? Yes. Yeah. I can. Go, I said I'm good with so, four. I'm not five. Okay. Who do you knock out? Okay, so well, I'm looking for the tight end list first. I, I didn't get that. Dicka, Gonzalez, Gronkowski, John Mackey, Kellen Winslow. Dicky. Sorry, Dicky, Gonzalez, Mackey. Dicka, Gonzalez, Gronkowski. Gronkowski. You know, I want to knock out Winslow. But I, because I don't, uh, I, I, I want to knock out Winslow, but I don't think I can. <laughs> That's the problem. You should, Mackey's, Mackey's in. Mackey's, Mackey's in. in. Then, then you're knocking out Dickens. Why am I knocking out Dickens? If you're not walking out Winslow, I don't think Tony Gonzalez is a top three wide receiver pretty much of all. The problem is he's, he's, he's a wide receiver almost more than a tight end. And six-time all-pro, 14-time pro bowler, which I realize pro bowler is what it is. But 
I don't. I think you. If you're not, if you're keeping Winslow, maybe you keep Ditka because Ditka was just a hard ass. But if you're going strictly for catches, it, wide receiver for catches, because Gronkowski was a better blocker than Gonzalez and a better blocker, as far as I know, than Winslow, then you're knocking out Gonzalez or Winslow. Right here. So so let's play these into different buckets, okay? Gronkowski was the best tight end of all time, both for so. blocking and for catch and for catching. He was the best tight end of all time. Okay, so there's your, there's your complete tight end, right? Mackey was the innovator of the tight end position. He was. So he so, so he so he's in. Now you have a blocker in Ditka, and you have two basic receivers in Gonzalez and Winslow. So I'm thinking you have to knock out one of Gonzalez and Winslow, and you keep Ditka as the blocker. Remember, we're creating a team here. We're not necessarily saying the best ever, we're creating a team. If you're creating a team, you need a blocking tight end. You're blocking tight end is Ditka. I think you keep Gonzalez and you knock out Winslow. Gonzalez okay. just did it for more, for more. He did it for longer. He did. Okay, so where are we going next? Offensive linemen. We don't have a lot of time to go through the line. Um, Rosie Brown, Forrest we can, Gray, Cal. Look, look, we can, we can, Hold on, we could push this to next week. It's not like this is going anywhere. Sure, so maybe we, we push do, the rest. Of, why don't we do push off, a couple of these? Sorry. Let's do the offense this week right. and the defense this week. Okay, that's fair. All right, so where are we on offensive line? Offensive tackle, Rosie Brown, Forrest Gregg, Cal Hubbard, Walter Jones, Anthony Munoz, Jonathan Ogden, Art Shell. No real arguments. Okay. Pro, I, I may try and get a couple others in there, but... You know, that's a, you know, I may try and find a way to get Joe Thomas in there, but, or Ranieri, but uh, I, I can't really argue too much on this. Here's it's my thing to, on offensive okay. line. Good luck it's with hard that. hard to argue. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, 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 to me, that's a, that's a good luck concept, is offensive line for Pro Bowl, for, uh, there's never been a metric that gets you offensive line, Right. You can't have one. I, I think the best metric for offensive line is the amount of sacks or the amount of hurries that you let up. And that's only happened in maybe the last 15 years because right. of advanced statistics. But you don't know how many hurries. Is Gene Upshaw on that list? He made offensive guard. Okay. Oh, we're, this is the tackle? Tackle. Or this is... The whole, tackles, guards, oh, and this, centers are all separate. Oh yeah, I can't. Oh my God! Yeah, hard. good luck. I'm I'm punting. Yeah. I just got I, I I can't I can't. You have your offensive linemen based on you see them. You it's like it's like the Supreme Court said about pornography. I'll know it when I see it. You exactly. know that Larry Allen was the most dominating offensive lineman I've ever seen. And Munoz was second, not because of any stats. It's just that their quarterbacks never got touched, period. End of story. Larry Allen was a house. You want to hear something? And the thing was, was, hold on, the the best nickname of that era was Nate Newton, who was known as the kitchen sink. 
but Larry Allen still let up less tackles and less sacks. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think this was in uh, Football Morning in America with Peter King. You're saying the best offensive, the best year an offensive lineman ever had. I, I think the second best one was in Anthony Munoz. Number two is Joe Thomas. Where in like 20, 2015, he had one, let up one hurry. Like that sounds good enough for me. I mean, <laughs> I can't. I, I I like. I think I'm pretty knowledgeable. I watch it pretty hard. I can't differentiate. And I think anyone who's right. not a scout or professionally trained to watch offensive linemen, I don't think can either. It's too different. That's why I said I defer, right? I mean, there are no stats that that can say definitively this is the best. It just doesn't happen. You, if you, right. you watch it, you see it, textbook. So, okay, so we'll get to the defense next week. I think that's uh, – you're absolutely – oh, we got kickers, Right. How many kickers were there? Is there is it just Morton Anderson and Adam Vinatieri? Jan Stenerud and Adam Vinatieri. Okay, uh, either one. <laughs> yeah, I'm good with. That. That's fine. Um, I mean, the, those are the ladies and gentlemen. There are only two uh, two kickers, place kickers in the Hall of Fame: Mart, Morton Anderson and Jan Stenerud. And we know that actually, Adam Vinatieri will soon join them. That's not true. Wait, there's a third. Yes, but he didn't. I don't think he got in as a kicker. Lou Groza. Are you talking about George Blanda? Oh no, Lou Groza. Oh, he didn't get. He didn't get in solely as a kicker. I said he only, got in. The first, yeah, the first pure kicker was Jan Fenerud, and then it became Morton Anderson was number two, and Vinatieri shortly will be number three. Right, and the so, only four kickers. Those are the four kickers nominated: the three of them and Lou Groza. That's good so, to know. I know what I know. What I'm doing. There you go. So. Uh, yeah. to, so we'll stop on this till next week. But continuing on the football trend, how did you do for your fantasy final? Your fantasy final weekend? We actually haven't discussed it this week. How you did? <laughs> That's how I did. That's how I did. I uh, totally crashed the bed in both the consolation game and in the fantasy football finals. Totally, Jameis Winston. I love you and hate you all at the same time. Um, you totally ruined my fantasy football final, but you got me there in the semis by having a tremendous game. So, eh, can't really say I, I, I will again pick you next year, but I lost by 40 points in the fantasy football final. And James Conner, I hate you. I hate <laughs> everything about you this year. Everything, everything about you. When your first three picks in this league are James Conner, David Johnson, and, and Ben Roethlisberger, who are all not playing in my fantasy football final, you are, ch- you are just lucky to have gotten to the final. And how about yeah. yourself? I, I am the champion, my friend. And I will keep fighting till the end. I actually won with a six and seven record. I won the uh, my oldest league, the fifteen year league that I've been in. Uh, thank you, Tyler Higby. So, if you had told me that before the year, I would bench in the strangest final I've ever seen. I would bench Beckham to start Tyler Higby. Actually, to start DJ Metcalf, who gave me zero, or DK Metcalf, who gave me zero points. I had James Conner, who gave me three points. 
but the combination of Miles Sanders and Tyler Higby, I actually won, uh, went six and seven, but won three games in a row and won that. And then in my big money league, uh, despite, and which was weird because his team, he had Chris Carson who got hurt, and he had uh, Will Fuller who got hurt. I had James Conner who got hurt. I had Metcalf who didn't play, who had zero points. It was the strangest final I've ever seen. But I won that one by 25. And the one, the league where I was seven and six, but we had the most points in the league by about 300. Um, we dominated. Uh, all, with our, something I have never started, we started, I started at two tight ends. I started Higby and I started Mark Andrews, who combined gave me 52. And between them and uh, Mr. and Mr. Thomas, it was a it was a relatively easy one. Um, I did start Jameis, who gave me about 15 to 20 points. Not, but he started Deshaun Watson, who gave him less. And we cruised. The final was one. I'm looking at we'll see what the final was because I didn't even know. The final was 171-136. So I won both leagues. By, and I actually have a league that we didn't draft, if you can believe this. The one where I was kind of suckered into the draft, and Sean was going to draft for me, and he got blocked out. So we, we auto-draft, and then I just changed the whole team. I got third place. So I got my money back. I got my money back in four out of six leagues I did this year. Well, to be Go. fair, in the league that in, to be fair, in the league that we did not draft, who we not, we would not have drafted with the first pick was Nick no. Chubb, who led who led the league in rushing. So. No, but we also would not have taken Damian Williams in the second round, who never started a game that for me. True. That is true. We would not have taken – we would not have taken – there was probably nothing that we would have done other than take Kelsey in the third. That is true. So, good, 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 good run for me. Yeah, there you go. You got your money back. Um, I think – More than that. I got my money back in – I got my money back in one league – um, I won 20 bucks out of 50 in another league, and overall, I just lost. And uh, in the work league, where I really wanted to win, I got crushed. So I have put his $25 under the trophy, and to Chris's response was, at least I get to keep the trophy on my desk for another year. Well played, sir. Um, so now, ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to hear about fantasy football for at least, what, Two, three months till we have to start talking about our, our keepers and the draft. <laughs> and then we, then we will uh, rekindle our fantasy football. Okay, so let's get to, back to Santa Claus. Seth, you are, um, you are a Yankee fan. Uh, I believe I you got exactly what you wanted under your tree in Garrett Cole. But if, you're asking, for some, if you're asking for something else, if you're being that greedy son of a bitch that most Yankee fans are, what are you asking for from Santa? I'm asking for a left-handed. Some bitch. I'm asking for a left-handed first. Uh, or a hitter, a hitter, I should say. Because the only thing that I look at the team, I mean, good God, the team is stacked. The reality is they're probably not going to be able to change, trade Stanton. So your your outfield is of Hicks when he comes back, Gardner, 
judge in the stands. You're Lemayu, Torres, Andujar, Ursula, whatever it is, is set. Sanchez is set. Your starters, Cole Severino, in that combination of Naka, Hap, Paxson, that you're that. The only thing is they don't have a left-handed to bat. Well, they so, got Luke Voigt. Who was good, but I don't know if that's the answer for them. Can you trade Voigt and Quinn Frazier, who just never seems like he's going to make it here, and get an upgrade at first base? So I absolutely love hearing proposed trades from Yankee fans, from Celtic fans. There, there, there are a variety of different fan bases that believe, and, and Seth, I'm not saying you're one of them, but that I've gotten several uh, emails and IMs this morning from, from rabid Celtics fans saying, if we, if we give two number twos and this tw- eighth man off the bench, can I get a starting power forward? And ladies and gentlemen, if you think it's garbage, so does the other team. <laughs> you can't well, just throw a pile of garbage. Well, but Frazier is a no-field, all-hit outfield. Luke Voigt is what Luke Voigt is. He's 26, he's 26, 28 years old, and he's a 20-homer, 70-RBI guy that's just about to head to arbitration. Where's your upgrade here? I mean, are you I'm not looking sure. for? I mean, right. That's why I'm not sure. I don't. It, it, I don't. It, yeah. Okay. And so, that's why so I didn't. You didn't hear me write. You didn't hear me say, give you a name. You no, may, they may have because to throw I'm another, not sure there is one. They may yeah. have to throw another pitching prospect in there. Um, I'm not overwhelmed with Kyle Schwarber, who, who Cashman seems to love. I don't know who it is. I don't have an answer for you. Okay, so let's play the let's play the game again. You are a Brooklyn Nets fan. What you have gotten basically your first president and your second president this past summer. You are the greedy son of a bitch that wants another that wants another president. As my nephew said last night, is this all I get? What else do you want? <laughs> Nets. A healthy Kevin Durant next year. A healthy and motivated. That was going to. That's it. Okay. I, or I want clarity of whether the Nets are really better with Kyrie Irving. Well, ask the Cavaliers, uh, ask the Celtics. I mean, you can go. You yeah, can talk I mean, about. I love the way this team plays. I love the way they they played last year. I really enjoy watching them play this year with Harris and Dinwiddie and Jared. I don't, you know, I, I, you know, I, you know, I was torn. You know, the reason you bring in Kyrie is to get Durant. I'm not going to say I was overwhelmed, and I think you know this about bringing in Kyrie. And nothing in the first month and a half or two months of the year has changed that. Let me ask you something. Is getting Durant so so 
I, I'm torn here, right? So you have a Durant. You have a Nets team that's playing very well right now, correct? Yep. I mean, they are yeah. playing very well. Okay. You bought Kyrie to get Durant, and I get that. And, and, and you bought uh, DeAndre Jordan to get them both. And you spent, right. what, $10 million plus 35 plus 35. So you spent $80 million on a 110 to $120 million cap to get these three guys, knowing that you are going to go deep into the luxury tax if you are going to re-sign after this year anybody else, right? You're, you have your Karis Leverts, you have uh, your Spencer Dinwiddies, but once you go past those five guys, if you're re-signing Jared Allen or you're re-signing Joe Harris, you are going pretty damn deep into that luxury tax. Is it worth losing those guys? No. No, I'm I mean, saying, is the signing of those three guys worth losing? Look, you're the not. Depth the reality that has, is, we've seen this over the last thirty years, thirty-five years, forty years. You need How a superstar. Times? Have you seen a team win a title without a superstar? I can think of one. It's happened twice. It's happened once. The two thousand four Pistons. Yep. So. And that's a diff. That that that's that's a different ball game. I understand. Right. That's a different I, game. Different era. No, I kind agree of ball. with you. That is a different game. That is a different game. So yep. You have the chance to bring in, if healthy. Again, we don't know how he'll come back. Debatably, right. best player in the world. Who will be motivated? Simply because to prove he's the best player in the world. Excuse me. Yep. I said to prove that he's the best player in the world. Yep. To prove he's the best player in the world, and to prove he can lead a team to a championship, as opposed to him having yep. a supplement, a complementary player to the champ, complementary player. That that is why you make this move. And if you tell me I have to – because they re-signed Levert. Dinwiddie they have for another year past, I believe. Harris is a free agent this year. And pretty much – so Dinwiddie brought in Irving. I love Joe Harris. He's not Kevin Durant. No. Nope. I, I really like Jared Allen. And they're going to have the chance to re-sign him. I don't think they're going to be able to sign Joe Harris, unfortunately. You have to do this. You have no choice. Now, if you don't get Durant, do you do this? If you don't get Durant, then I would stick. I would have stuck with D'Angelo Russell. Okay. All right. So, so, so let's move on. So we. So if you are a New Jersey Devil team that is caught in ridiculous disarray right now, having just traded your best player. Besides the number one pick in the draft, which it seems like they don't need Santa Claus for, because they've gotten it two out of the last three years, what are you asking Santa for? Give me a freaking goalie, please. <laughs> Marty Brodeur's son young enough, to, old enough to play yet? Nope. Because Chico <laughs> Resch like ain't walking. I, I think he's 12. <laughs> You're nowhere close. Oh, he'll be he'll be bar mitzvah in a year. Chico Resch ain't walking through that door. Sean Burke's not walking through that door. 
Corey Schneider is cut. I don't even know who he is at this point. But I know he's among the worst. They're, they have one of the worst goalie situations in the league. You brought in young offensive talent, whether it works out or not with Hughes and, and Nico and all this. And they traded they traded Tyler Hall to Taylor Hall because they didn't want to get to Varst. Let's call it what it is. It's, a, it's now a verb, by the way. Yep. Um, so this is what you can get. This is what you can get. I, I'm not knowledgeable enough on the, ho- on, on the hockey on the hockey prospects to, to make a call. Um, but they have no goalie. That's what they need to cement. That's what won them titles 25 years ago. And not that you need someone at Martin Brodeur's level, but someone at least at, at an average level will get you an extra 10 points a year. And that's where we got to go from there. Agreed. Okay, and finally, you're a Maryland fan. Overall, I'm saying for all Maryland athletics, football, basketball, et cetera, what do you want? I want to see if this team can rebound from the worst worst performance I've ever seen from a Maryland basketball team, which unfortunately I went to, where they had more block, more shots blocked than baskets made. I want to see where they were. If they don't hit the top 15 and end up in the final eight, you have to replace Turgeon. You have okay. no choice. So, so what, what I would like – oh, yeah, well – yeah, okay. Is let's that a no brainer? Giants. What are the Gi- yeah, that's a no brainer. You want a new coach, right? I want a new GM. Does a new GM bring a new coach? Yes. Okay. Bring in so a new coach, a Paul? new GM, and have and have a uh, have a holdover coach. It doesn't work. So 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 quickly, what Sean Palmer would like for for Christmas, what Santa would bring. Is a Seat is a Seton Hall Pirates jersey for one Jake Caymans, as he is now a fan of the Pirates. After watching the debacle, by the way, Jake will be getting a Seton Hall Pirates jersey. I'm just telling you that's right now. You cannot do anything with, about it. Is that coming with my thirty pack of beer? Yes. Well, if you made it into the city, I had it again. Anyway. That being said, he will uh, he will definitely be having one of those uh, Seton Hall Pirates jerseys with the pirate on the front, so it makes it his favorite. Look, Seth, if he goes to Seton Hall, your tuition goes so far down. <laughs> like, just think about it's a it. private school. It's not going that far down. Ah, okay. For the not Mets, living at home. I would like Steve, for the Mets, I would like Stephen Cohen to – to sign that agreement and please get me out of my misery. For the Islanders, I want no hiccups with this Belmont project. None. I want a new stadium next year. For the love of God, get me out of Barclays. For the Jets, please get me an offensive line. Like, I don't care how much money you guys spend. You have your quarterback. By the way, I wanted to point this out. I'm watching the Patriots and Bills the other day, and I said to the person that I was watching it with, you know, that's the quarterback I wanted looking at Josh Allen. 
And he's like, yeah, of course. That's now the quarterback you want. I go, no, 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 no. <laughs> Ask my co-host. In his junior year, I said I wanted the Jets to get Josh Allen. Am I wrong here? A year before the draft. He did. That I said that said. was my guy. That was my guy. I still think he will be the best out of those guys because he makes all the throws. So, but the thing that Josh Allen has is Sam Darnold does not is an offensive line. So I would like an offensive line. For the Knicks, how many presents do I get? <laughs> I mean, seriously. You know what I'd really like? What I'd really like is not only a new – I'd love uh, – Master Ruri, is that how you pronounce his name? The GM from uh, Toronto? That's Jury. what I want. Okay. I want, I want the Knicks to take the two, the two first-round picks that they got from the Mavericks and send them to Toronto and get this guy. I understand that you are basically calling the Pazingas trade a complete and total failure if you do that. But he's worth it. Go get a guy that, that, that Dolan will just say, no, I'm good. I, I, I'm keeping my hands off. Please, take the two first, send them that way, and make every Knicks fan incredibly delighted. Incredibly. And for my Syracuse teams, I want a big man coach. I never thought I'd say this. Like, I want an assistant coach that can teach big men how to play. Because we haven't had a big man since Rakeem Christmas. And the last thing that Rakeem Christmas did was make Michael Jordan a grandfather. So, congratulations to Rakeem, but that's what we get. Right, where he was dating Michael Jordan's daughter? He married her. I didn't know that. Yeah, so he made Michael Jordan a great, uh, 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 a proud grandpa. Hopefully that kid goes to Syracuse and not North Carolina. Will you go to Syracuse over North Carolina? No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. So, so anyway, next week we are going to go down the rest of the NFL 100. We're going to do the defense. We'll be a little bit more prepared. Uh, we will have our New Year's, uh, New Year's show probably around the same time. Uh, around noon, because we, we have festivities, or at least I have festivities. Seth has uh, babysitting. And uh, we will uh, talk to you then. And then the following show, we will have, we'll go back in, in time for the decade next week. And the following show, we'll make predictions for the next decade. We'll also have playoff, NFL playoffs coming up and, and wild card previews and the final four of the NCAA, there is a lot to go through, but we'll hit it all on next week. So, from me Actually, to you, yep, go ahead. We can't. Final four of the of the uh, of, of the first round of the end of the college football playoff starts on Saturday. Saturday. We'll have Darn to review it. it. Okay, I w- great. We'll do the review. I'll take LSU and Ohio State quickly. You got ten seconds. Who do you want? LSU and Clemson. All right, great. Okay, for Seth Gamus, this is Sean Palmer. Happy holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas, and may Santa put some gold in your stocking instead of coal. Happy Hanukkah. Adios. Have a good one, everybody.